All right, hey, welcome to episode two of the official VCF podcast. I'm Andrew. And I am Mike. All right. And we're, we're here to talk to you about Jesus stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about Valley and... So, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Valley. So, Mike, before we jump into this, how, how are you doing, man? How, how's it been? It's been like 20, 22 hours since I've seen you. It's been a good 22 hours. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, we yeah. had Mother's Day, so we went home and uh, were able to treat mom well. We did some barbecuing after doing some yard work and just had a pretty, actually one of the first relaxing evenings we've had in a while at the Freeman household. Well, that's good. So after, after this weekend, uh, during the weekend, you talked a lot about brownies and how Jessica likes <laughs> to make brownies. Has that, has it happened recently? The brownies at all in your, in your household? We almost went and bought brownie mix last night, but uh, ended up not having the time to do that. <laughs> I, you got us good. When, when you talked about the uh, the crispy brownies and the middle brownies, I, it mm. never dawned on me that uh, the batter... Actually, I've had a lot of different batters, but I've never had brownie batter before. You're missing out, man. I I think I am. I you might go buy out. some uh, Ghirardelli brownie mix. That's and, the one right there. Is it really? That's the one. Okay. That sounds delicious. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. So what do you, what else is going on in your world, man? I mean, like, let's, yeah, let's, let's, we, just, let's we're, peel back the curtain on Mike <laughs> Freeman. We have the last week of T-ball this week. And is so, really? yeah, it's wrapping up really quick. And wow. Jaden has playoffs next week. And so his majors team will be playing a little longer. And then Ella and her softball team plays until the middle of June. So we have plenty of softball left, but baseball okay. stuff is slowing down. So why is softball longer than baseball? It started a little bit later, oh, okay. but they actually, they have a lot more games anyway. And so I'm not totally sure why. Oh, okay. Is that, is that a long view thing? Like, is that, was that not like that up in no, that federal was way? Okay. We could, we could spend the whole podcast talking about the differences, but uh, we, we might do that. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you'd be fascinated to hear. I, I don't know if I would be fascinated, but I'm sure other people would be, would be fascinated. How about hey, you? How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I had coffee with a good friend of mine this morning. Um, I, uh, I went to the doctor. I'm healthy mm. apparently. Um, so I, I feel good about that. Mm. Uh, yeah, my mom came down to visit. Yeah. A lot of people mistook her as my sister. That happens a lot. Sometimes I feel like I should, I just get on stage and just announce that that's my mom. I think I've done that actually. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was good having my mom in town. We uh, we ate too much. Every time my mom comes into town, I think we just go from meal to meal to meal. People wonder why I'm so big. That's that's why. It's a good life. So It is. It's <laughs> a good life. So yeah. So uh, what do you say we jump into some uh, news or some events that are coming up? Yeah. What's going on, on in Life so, of Valley? So we have a membership lunch coming up here June 9th. Yeah. That is our second one uh, mm-hmm. with you at the helm. Actually, it's it's our second one in quite some time because there was like a two year period almost that we didn't have membership. Really? Yeah. Well, I think that uh, that year that when Lance had announced that he was transitioning out, as soon as that happened, we were like, hey, uh, we're kind of already in the middle of changing up our, our mission statement and a couple other things. There's no reason to teach this stuff since we're kind of revamping. Yeah. And then when you came on, you took a, you took about a year. Yeah, to we kind of purposely took a year just to let the dust settle and make sure we knew what we were doing and yeah. try to make sure we understood the context of ministry here and we were all on the same page. Yeah. So, so actually this is a kind of a, this is a big deal because what it means to be a member here at the church is it hasn't really changed, but it's been updated, mm-hmm. right? So it would it would be a good thing for people who feel like they're part they're, that they that they are members to come check it out. Actually, do you want to speak towards a little bit what membership Absolutely. looks like and what, what so what uh, so it's kind of like if if 
if someone's a member at Valley, they're a member, right? And there's yeah. no need for them. They don't have to come to a membership. But what we've done is we've we've clarified some things. We've made it a little bit clearer where we're going. And so I've been telling people it would be one of the best things they can do, even if they're already a member, to come again, because it will allow them to have that clarity, allow them to see where we're going. It, it gives people a kind of an inside look at where what our direction is, what our values are, what we really find meaningful and, and particularly around the mission, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit more today. Yeah. And so we we have really started to, uh, I guess, bring more emphasis to kind of our doctrinal beliefs. Mm -hmm. And we also paint what it looks like to be an active member within the church. Yeah. And just opportunities for people to be a part of that. So the entire event itself, last time we did it, was about... Actually, we shot for three hours, but it was shorter than that. Yeah, we had lunch and we got out of there under three hours. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that the it's not like a three hour lecture. There's a lunch that's yeah. provided, and then we jump into. Yeah, it was it. pretty interactive. There's a lot of Q and A. We try to create lots of space that people have thoughts or questions or want to share. Yeah, it's really not meant to be just you and I lecturing. No, though I would love that, but that's not what people want. So I just. <laughs> So, so hey, uh, if, if anybody is interested in coming to the membership lunch, um, you'll start seeing it announced. It's probably already being announced in our Valley Happenings. You can fill out a connection card, or by the time of this recording is out, there will be a space online at vcflongview.org to register to let people, us know that you would like to attend. And that's that's really important because we, we do cater a pretty a good lunch, and we'd like to know who we can count on to be our there. hospitality p- team. They do amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually shout out to Cheryl and her team, like Mallory and Yvonne and all that. Like they, those people have been killing it lately. I, I think as a, as a church, we've all collectively gained maybe 50 <laughs> pounds just because of all the sweet stuff they, they keep bringing. Yeah. They, they take good care of us. They make sure it's a good meal and, uh, and it's a good time. I'm so excited. Our last membership class, I think we've got, uh, seven or eight membership applications since yeah. that last class. And we're in the process of doing some follow-up with them and meeting with people. I met with someone today mm-hmm. who turned in their application and, oh, and they're yeah, going to yeah. get a green light from the elders. And it's just probably in the next week or two, we'll, we'll announce new members. And it, it's pretty exciting to see it people is. engaging and excited to be part of the team and, and be part of what, what the Lord's doing here at yeah. Valley. So membership has evolved here at Valley. So if you are a, a, a if you are currently a member, feel free to come and check this out. If you have been visiting the church, if you are someone who's been coming to the pastor luncheons, uh, you actually, this would be the next step. Just come check it out. You don't have to be a member. You can come. And this is just an opportunity for you to just to get to know us, to, to formally get to know mm-hmm. what we're about. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the next thing I'd like to share is that we actually have Vacation Bible School is coming up. Uh, that is going to be July 15th through the 19th. And I know some people are wondering why we're doing it so late. We're actually doing this strategically. We are doing the week after Royal Family Kids Camp. So we can, uh, the thought there is to invite the kids from camp to VBS if they would be inclined to come. Uh, so if anybody is interested in helping, um, there's actually, by the time this recording is out, vcflongview.org backslash VBS. There's going to be information for you to be able to check out what's happening, when the next work party is, or even to register your kids. All the information will be online for you to check out. It's going to be awesome. Last year was great. Yeah, that was uh, that was our first year with um, 
an, a certain individual at the helm and I was very proud of her and mm-hmm. what she, the work that she did. So I'm excited to see she's grown in leadership and she's doing a good job now. So, uh, yeah, Mike, do you have anything else you want to share or anything, anything you want to announce before we jump into, uh, our next segment, our official, our official talking point? <laughs> uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just really excited about summer. It's going to be a great summer here at Valley with VBS and, and preaching calendar. A lot of that is being worked on now. Um, excited about, I guess this will happen after work. Maybe you want to back me up here a little bit, but, uh, you're preaching this weekend, but this episode will drop after you preach. And so I'm excited for this weekend, but it will be last weekend by the time this is out. So that is true. Yeah. By the time this is out, I will have already spoken. Maybe we'll have to update our, uh, our production schedule or something. I hope you enjoyed the message. Future, future congregation. I'm sure it was amazing. Yeah, I'm sure I was. I, I hope you wept tears of joy. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump into uh, what I'm calling our mission focus. Thematically, I kind of want our podcast to, uh, just to touch our mission statement every week, the different aspects of it and how we can kind of develop the thoughts and ideas and how really as a church, we're just, we're just staying focused on what we're about. And so the second part of our mission statement says uh, building strong families. So I really want to kind of parse that out. I want to talk about like building strong, like those first few words that implies a lot of uh, uh, intentionalism or mm-hmm. just being intentional behind that. Families can be interpreted different ways. I mean, that is something that I know as you and the elders didn't take lightly when putting it together. And I know you guys had a vision for that. Even for people like myself who are, are single, how can we be a part of building strong families? So I guess off right off the top, like what, what were what are what is it, what are you envisioning for our church as we say that we are about building strong families? Yeah, so a mission statement really it, it guides us into the future, right? If if we don't have a mission statement, then there's a, a hundred good things we can do and focus on. But if we focus on a hundred good things, we're not going to do any of them really well. And so yeah. as we fleshed out the mission statement, we wanted it to begin with the 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 idea of being gospel driven, making sure the j- death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is is front and center in everything we do. And then we wanted the rest of the mission statement to flow out of that. Say what are what are themes and truths in scripture that are really clearly uh, flowing out of the gospel in the life of the church. So that's a good distinction because when we say we want to be a church that builds strong families, that is a strong family is built on the foundation of the gospel. So we're not even talking about just like moral families, you know, just classic Americana. No, we're talking about like families who, who deal with brokenness and how they are, they're coming around Jesus to see their family thrive. That's a huge distinction. Absolutely. And we can talk about that a little bit more as, as we flesh this out, because really a, a family, if it's, if, if it's going to be strong, it's got to have some biblical elements. Uh, it's got to be defined biblically as strong, right? And so there could be a family where there, there's tons of truth. The family is very rigid in truth. They, they hold to the Bible. They, they, you know, they use the Bible as their measuring rod and, and they come off as moralistic or judgmental or rigid or un, unwilling to give grace. And that, that's not a strong family. That only has one of those elements. Okay. You, you, you want a family that, that also has grace, right? But then you can go the other end of the spectrum and you can have a family that just has so much grace that, you know, it's okay that your kid does whatever they want and they never really are held to a standard and it's just all about love. And then mom and dad, they end up being the, the child's best friend forever. And man, it, it might might seem really good and it might seem really healthy, but that child's gonna grow up really insecure with what's right and what's wrong. 
and, and they're going to have that gap in their life of, of what actually is true and what, it, what am I actually called to and what are the expectations of, of living in, in light of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And so a strong family is a family that, that balances that. Jesus, the scripture said that Jesus was full of grace and truth. We want families, whether it's, uh, whether it's a young couple married with no kids whether it's a life group that operates in a sense as a family caring for each other, even if there, there's no kids in it or if, if people are single, we want ministry teams to operate with this kind of mentality of grace and truth. And then we want the, I guess, the typical nuclear family where there's two parents and, and a handful of kids. We want them all to be places where there's, there, it's full of grace and it's full of truth and it doesn't err uh, by only focusing on one of those aspects. You know that- I love that we are talking about the gospel and how it connects to families because I think we know individuals, all of us, who err too strongly on, on like, like you said, truth. And everything they do is all about being right mm-hmm. and doing what's right, even at the expense of pushing others away. Mm-hmm. I've seen working in youth ministry and now in children's ministry for the past few years, we it's so heartbreaking when we see families who err on truth and quote unquote, I want to use the word discipline, but use it lightly because it's not really discipline. It's punishment is what it is. Yeah. And they discipline, quote unquote, their kids because their kids are being an inconvenience to them. So they're not, they're not being trained up in truth. They're not being trained up in righteousness. We're going over behavior modification because someone's behavior tends to, um, either shame the family or even, um, inconvenience the family, but there's no guidance in it. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no truth to it. There's, there's no walking with them and trying to train them up into processing their own life. They just know that like, they've done something wrong and now they're being punished for it. Mm-hmm. And it, I've seen way too many kids be pushed away from church because when their families do that and they do that in the name of the Lord, so to say, they tend, they tend to think that churches are all about that. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, that's kind of a rabbit trail there, but it's so important. I'm seeing that now. It's so important that families really do kind of like you said, they, they balance, they, they live in that tension of truth and grace. So can we, can we talk about uh, marriages for, for a moment there? So when we talk about strong families, I wrote in my notes here, I wanted to, I wanted to write strong marriage. I wrote strong marriages. Mm-hmm. Biblically, I know this is kind of off the, off the cuff, but biblically where, Okay, as a single guy preparing for his, his, his life, I guess I was going to ask you, biblically, what's, what's first? Am I a father before I'm a husband or am I a husband before I'm a father? So in your mind, it's almost like those two things are competing? I, I guess like I've seen examples, I've seen situations where um, a parent is wanting to discipline or raise a child a certain way, but another parent disagrees with it, says that's gonna be too harsh on the child. Mm -hmm. And so for them to be a parent, I feel like it's going to be to to change their discipleship or to change the discipline approach and to ease on the child, but then they are not backing up the other spouse. So in my mind, they're they're, they're choosing to be a parent before they're a spouse. Yeah. And, there's some dysfunction there, right? Yeah, that's, and, I would and, say. And yeah. I think that it's dangerous to 
to approach a, a discipline plan mm-hmm. with a kid if you're not on the same page as your spouse. Mm-hmm. I, I think that husband and wife, they need to be on the same page first and foremost. Okay. And and part of that, I guess going back to your original question, are you a parent or are you a husband first? Well, you, there's gonna come a day when your kids grow up and they move out of the house, right? Yeah. And when that day happens, if everything's been about parenting and it hasn't been about being in a strong relationship with your wife, mm-hmm. well, when that day comes, you're gonna look at your wife and say, and who are you? And, and so I, I think that you need to lean into that relationship, husband and wife first. Yeah. And if that's healthy, that I think you can lean into the parenting relationship really, really well as a team okay. on the same page. And that makes sense to me. So if we as a church are about building strong families, I think somewhere in there is helping to find marriage and, and to guiding marriages and things like that. how. What is a healthy marriage then? Mm-hmm. I, I, this is, these are large questions. Yeah, these, I, I get these that. are great yeah. questions. And uh, we've actually talked about some of these at Valley in the last year. And so it, it's it's worth repeating. Yeah. These are okay. such important questions. And, and for me, as a as a dad, for me as a, a husband, I got to go back to these questions all the time and, and kind of preach to myself, reminding me of what it really looks like to, to honor Christ in those roles. So you think about Ephesians 5, right? And verses, uh, you know, starting in verse 21, verse 21, it's talking about a husband and a wife being filled with the spirit. And so it says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so before it even gets into the, the male role and the female role, husband and wife, it says there's mutual submission. This okay. is me laying down my life for my wife and, and her doing the same for me, doing what's best for each other. And then you get to verse 24, it says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And this is, again, not a not a culturally appropriate word, but the word submit there, it means to voluntarily choose to follow someone else's leadership. And so this is not a, I'm putting you in submission. This is not a, I am domineering. Mm-hmm. This is just a wife saying, I'm choosing to follow my my husband's leadership. I'm choosing to trust that he's gonna do what's best for our family. Right. But then when you get to verse 25, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so for a wife to submit to her husband, a husband makes that really easy. When he lays down his life saying, I'm gonna do what's best for my wife and for my family, not what I want. I'm gonna let go of my selfishness. I'm gonna let go of the my sin. And I'm gonna do what it takes to serve my family. That brings up a topic that I, I ran into when I was in Bible college. And I guess, I, correct me if I am wrong, but I think what you just outlined is what I've learned as servant leadership. Mm-hmm. So as a servant leader, um, I, I, I have... I have grown up watching examples of men, you know, quoting scripture and saying that women are to submit to their husbands, but not realizing that they were servant leaders, that they didn't have power so they could rule over their family. Their power was there because they had a responsibility to lead their family. And so they had to make the best choice for everyone, not just for themselves. I, I, I learned this the hard way in, in ministry Straight out of Bible college, man. Um, I don't know if you can believe this or not, but I was a punk. You know, I was pretty arrogant straight out of Bible college. Can you believe that? You were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I made mistakes, man. And I, in my mind, I, I really thought that, man, I know best. I, I went to school. I did all this stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The church should just tell me 
you know, the church doesn't need to tell me what they need. I, I know what they need. And I, they just need to listen to what I'm, I'm saying and doing. But along the way, I started to realize that when someone asks you to be a leader, even when, when Valley called you and when Valley called me here, what's essentially happening is that there's a, a group of people who are saying, we have hopes and dreams to see certain things come to fruition. And we believe that you have the ability to lead us there, to lead us to these hopes and these dreams. And so it, it's, it's becomes our responsibility to hear where, where, there, where God has laid on their heart and then for us to exercise the authority given to us to take us there. So it's not about what we, what we deem to be responsible. It's about hearing the people we lead. And I think that's what, if I'm from, from observ- observing, that's what, I feel like that's what a husband does or a father, hearing the hopes and dreams of their family and leading, making these decisions for, for the family to lead them to those hopes and those dreams. That's right. Spot on. In light of the scripture, and use the word servant leadership, and it's actually no different than servant discipleship. Oh, okay, that's good, what, yeah. what Jesus calls us to be servants. Paul, his, his, one of his favorite titles for himself is, I'm a slave of Christ. And we forget this, especially in so easy in 21st century America, where it seems like we turn on the TV and everyone's jockeying for position and for power and there's pride and there's arrogance and there's, there's self-esteem building. Look how, look at me, look at me, look at how important I am. And, and yet the, the gospel calls us to an upside down world where we are not trying to say, look at me, look at how awesome I am. Look what I can do. We're, we're laying down our lives for the sake of each other, looking out for what's best, serving each other in the big ways and in the small ways. If there was a, a man, a husband listening to, to this section and this conversation that we just had, what would be some, what are some tangible steps that they could take right now to make sure that they are leading well? Yeah. Or some questions that you would, or maybe questions that you ask yourself, I guess, when leading. So I, I, I think that this is hard to do at times, but, but to have an honest conversation with your wife and to to say, what are the things that I am doing? That's making it hard for you to trust me or to follow me. That's a very vulnerable spot. But I have found as I ask questions like that to my wife occasionally, and as I've coached other people to do the same thing in that moment, that gap, uh, that gap closes significantly. And instead of there being, uh, a lack of trust or suspicion. We use those terms a lot around right, here. Yeah. What, what happens is, is a wife, she, she grows in her trust of her husband. She grows in her willingness to follow him because all of a sudden he's not saying, I got it all figured out and you just fall in line. He's saying, let me lead you well by listening. And so listening goes a long way in leadership. That is, that's powerful. Cause that's, that's not even just the, the man of the household role, but that's also just for any leader mm-hmm. taking the time to ask the people, the team that they lead and it's like, and asking like, what are, what are some things that I'm doing making it difficult for you to follow my leadership? Mm-hmm. That is, that is so countercultural mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, in a world of, uh, in a world where we popularize, popularize things like the game of Thrones, you know, we want to rule with fear. Or, or we want people to love, but we never want to ask. We never want to be vulnerable because we're, we're scared to be that way because we're, we're afraid that we'll be attacked. And really, that's a strength to be able to do that. You think about it in light of the gospel. The gospel teaches that, you know, we, we, I am weak. I am, I, I can be rebellious. I have been rebellious. I am in need of a savior. I am not the savior. And so because of the gospel, then I, I take 
I get to take the pressure off of my shoulders. This is speaking as a husband Mm -hmm. and and a father. This is speaking as a pastor. It is not my responsibility to, to grow the church out of my wisdom and out of my knowledge and, and me having these amazing gifts and skills. It's actually Jesus that grows the church. And so I, I freely get to be humble. I freely get to remove certain responsibilities that the world would place on me. And instead I, I, I do have responsibilities to, to know the word of God, to love people with the word of God, to, to gently aim people at the word of God. But but at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility to know everything or to be the wisest person or the strongest person. That's Jesus. Right. That is, that is powerful. Um, before we're, we're coming up on uh, time, I guess, before we switch to the next topic, but I, I, did, I did want to ask you, I guess the flip side of that is, uh, let's say someone is following another person in their family and they, how would you encourage someone who feels like they're not being heard by the people that lead them? Mm-hmm. Is that, does that question make sense? I don't know if I worded that correctly. Yeah. So what I'm understanding is let's say there's maybe a husband and wife mm-hmm. and the wife feels like the husband is not attentive mm-hmm. or he's not leading spiritually or he's not open to seeing the big picture or having his wife's perspective. Yeah. Or maybe even in ministry, right? There, so there's someone you work with in ministry, you serve with, you're on a team with, and they that person feels like they know it all. And so mm-hmm. they're not open to input or to like 360 evaluation or anything like that. Right. Uh, and so the question is, what would I say to that person in that situation struggling with that? Right. Right. Struggling because they feel like, man, the people who are leading them, they, they, they seem to have it all or they're too intimidated to actually to speak up and to give feedback of some type, mm-hmm. you know, what would you say to encourage them? So, I mean, there's a supernatural battle there. First and foremost, I would say yeah. prayerfully be seeking the Lord, asking for his help and his strength is the spirit of God without the spirit of God working in that situation, there, there's very little hope there, right? Because you can't do it on your own. Right. Secondly, I would say do everything you can to, to serve that leader, to 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 w- submit, to, to voluntarily choose to follow their leadership. Don't gossip behind their back. Don't complain behind their back. Be, be a good teammate. Be a good wife. Be a good, uh, you know, ministry partner, whatever that looks like, maybe even at work, be a good employee, do everything you can on your part to, to honor the name of Jesus and and the role you have in that moment. And then out of that, I think that's where you begin to have a platform to maybe approach that person in love and gentleness, but with boldness and say, can I talk to you about some things? And, and this might be a different podcast, but learning how to ask questions about motives and and I don't understand this or how could this work better? Or how do you see things moving forward? Learning to ask really good questions before you start making demands usually kind of levels the playing field and helps you understand them before you start to maybe launch accusations without even really understanding where they're coming from. I I like that. I, I, for me, what you just outlined are things that I, I've always tried to practice and just asking good questions mm-hmm. before you start. The moment you start asserting mm-hmm. and you start assuming and then you start launching and attacking someone based on a, a foundation of uh, just uh, being upset, I guess, uh, you, you've, you've tanked everything. Yeah. And it, 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 you, I know they've made a situation worse, but I feel like you've just made the situation even w- worse than it already was. So taking the time to listen 
and earning that, I guess, is is always good. And that's hard. I'm not I'm not going to pretend like that's that's an easy thing to mm-hmm. do. It is hard, but I feel like that is a worthwhile venture. Just, I mean, not from a marriage perspective, but even like I, I've when I've worked retail and I've worked for other I've worked for bosses who I did not agree with, or they made it hard for me to to follow them. I I did I did what was asked of me, and I tried to earn. I guess the, 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 the podium to be able to ask, not to assert, but to ask questions. So they knew that I wasn't, cause a lot of times people lead out of insecurity and that's why they lash out at people. Yep. You know, they're like, Oh, how dare you question me? And then if you come at them even like stronger then they, all they end up, end up doing is just, they, they just grab on tighter to their control and their leadership because mm-hmm. they're already insecure. Yeah. And if you can just come alongside and reassure them and then just gently ask some questions most I, I find that people have been like really receptive of like hey i'm for you i just need to understand yeah what are we doing here i i pray for i guess the marriages that i see that are like that are, that are like that i uh i just hope um i just hope and pray that god moves in in those in those lives that that i'm thinking of right now so i think that principle is <clears throat> seek first to understand Right, we always want to be understood. We always want to say our piece, but if we just in any kind of relationship seek first to understand, it goes a long way. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that's it for for that topic. Unless there's anything else you wanted to bring, I, had, I wrote down more I wanted to jump into, but uh, we can save that for a future date. Sounds good. Okay. So I wanted to sidestep now to or transition into a different topic, and I'm calling this sermon reflection. Uh, I, this series has been amazing. Mm-hmm. I thank you for your heart and for your sensitivity to the, to the spirit for, for taking us through this, this conflict series, uh, or the versus series, which is about conflict. Right. Um, but before I get, uh, in the future, I really do want to do some reflection of the messages, but what I wanted to bring up is kind of a more of a meta situation because these, these topics, they are, they hit, they hit close to home because everybody exists in conflict. There's always someone that annoys them or someone they're frustrated with, someone who brings out really the worst in all mm-hmm. of us at times. And so I think it would be understandable for someone to listen to any of these messages and then to feel like they're personally being um, pointed out or being, being maybe even being attacked. You know, maybe, maybe they feel it's like a, a personal violation but we're not really saying names from the pulpit, but people feel you can, I think people could reasonably feel like, man, they are being uh, strong armed into a, a particular view, I guess. What would you say to someone or how, how, if someone feels like that, what's like the healthy way of reacting or responding to those feelings? Mm-hmm. I think that to answer that question, you, you start with when you enter into uh, a worship service because it really how you enter into it and what you're expecting in that moment is going to determine how you receive God's word. Uh, if you enter into it expectant and hopeful and humble, if you enter into it recognizing that God's word is the authority and if God's word is rightly preached, then it it's going to challenge you. It's going to press buttons in your life about places where you're not lining up with the character of Christ then in those moments, for me, in those moments, when I have those moments, it stings, but I rejoice because I, I, it reminds me God's spirit's alive and active and working in me. He's not done with me yet. And that there, there's a lot of joy even in the, oh man, I don't even want to think about the situation, but I know I need to, right? Yeah. 
But if you enter into a service and you, you haven't, haven't prepared yourself, if you come into it and it's just something you're there to do, it's just a, oh, it's Saturday night or it's Sunday morning. I'm going through the motions. I'm going to church. It's the right thing to do. You haven't given much thought to the Spirit's work in your life. If you come in there and you sit down and you have a, a, a mindset that is maybe wrestling with the Word of God as the authority of your life, if you, you're more willing to put your thoughts above God's thoughts, um, when God's thoughts don't match yours, I think you're going to experience that a little differently. I think you're going to feel like it's judgment or you're going to feel like it's intentional or you're going to feel like maybe you're being you're pointed out in the wrong way. And so for me, it's got to start before you even walk in. It's got to start hours before, maybe even the day before as you, you recognize the worship service is a time to hear God's word in a unique and particular way as it's preached and God's spirit interacts with God's word in the life of God's person or God's people in a really incredible way. That's powerful because if I'm hearing you correctly, it's about the presupposition or it's about the foundation of what you expect to happen when you go quote unquote to church, Mm -hmm. right? It's about what you're expecting to happen when you show up because we don't sing songs just because we like to get like an emotional high. We're supposedly we should be preparing our hearts and our minds to encounter God and his word. We come and we sing these spiritual songs to prepare ourselves, to prepare this, this time that, we're, that we are about to step into the presence of a holy God. So if you come in with this attitude of like, ah, oh, I'm just, they're not singing my songs this week or I don't like what's happening and you're completely not preparing yourself, then of course you're gonna get upset. Mm-hmm. You're, then you're not, you use the word expectant, you're not, expecting to encounter a holy God. Cause if you expected to encounter a holy God, I think you would take a moment to consecrate yourself, right? That's what they said in the old Testament to mm-hmm. prepare yourself yep. because there's no way you would just wake up one day and be like, Oh, I'm just going to talk to God right now because God is holy. So then the assumption, the presupposition then is like, if God speaks and he convicts you, that's not the pastor that's doing that. If, if the pastor is preaching the word of God, that's the word of God that you're contending with. That's right. It's interesting too. I mean, I, I, I have known pastors who will intentionally point someone out, right? <laughs> I've actually, I was told a story, uh, someone very dear to me, they were in a church service and the pastor looked at them, pointed at them and said, your marriage is a mess because you don't pray enough, right? And it was that aggressive and that Jeez. manipulative and that kind of like, I don't know, top down authoritarian, right? And that, that freaks me out, to be honest with yeah. you. Like, w- as a pastor, I, I I know, especially I've been here a year now. I know more and more what's going on in the lives of our people. Right, and we we design and we we, we preach God's word in a way that we're never trying to say, okay, this is going to be their gotcha. In fact, if I know that I'm preaching on something and someone in the room is is struggling with that. I do everything I can not to even make eye contact with that person in that moment. Dude, I'm the same way. Because yeah. I, I don't want to be manipulating the situation. Yeah. I, I trust God's spirit's doing what God's spirit wants to do and needs to do and, and desires to do. But the last thing I want is to get in the way of that. I, I'd rather disappear in that moment. Right. I, I'd rather preach the word, preach it boldly with passion, make it as clear as possible and make that between them and God, not between them and God and me. Uh, I, I get to play a role and I'm thankful for that. And it's, it's a joy and a responsibility. 
but at the end of the day, it's between them and God, right. not them and me. Yeah. And I think you just pointed out a very human element for any preacher. Cause I think even for me, like there are times like if I'm assigned a, a passage, just like what you just said, like I know of certain people who are going through certain things and there are, the, I, I, to be completely honest, there are moments where I feel like, man, this is my moment. I can really make a difference in this family's life if I just get up there and maybe I won't say names, but I'll look right at them when I say these words or something like that. And there's a part of me that feels like, yeah, I could, I could really do something to help this family. But then I think the whispering of the spirit says, no, you would not be helping. You, you need to let me work and you just get out of the way. And so I, like, like you said, when I know something's coming up, I, as I'm surveying the room, I know where they're at. And so as I, as I get close to them, I just look away. I, I, I try to look the opposite way. So honestly, mm-hmm. actually, if you're ever listening to me speak and I'm ever looking at you, it's because I'm thinking of you. I guess. <laughs> that's, that's really bad, but I don't know. I don't know if that's bad, but that's, that's something that seriously goes through my mind because there is that human aspect of it. Not to say that some preachers are, that all preachers are perfect. They don't abuse that, that pulpit. But conviction, and that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Conviction's a real thing. And to be honest, like, those are my favorite messages. I actually don't, I gauge a sermon if it's quote unquote good or not. If I feel conviction, mm-hmm. I guess. Maybe that's not the best criteria, but my the, the sermons that have changed my life are the ones that have crushed me. Crushed me to the point where I know I need to repent, and I do, and I... I've been given the opportunity to turn back to God and I thank God for those moments. And just to add to that, that's that's why we preach the gospel every week because in the declaration of Jesus and his death and resurrection, what are we, what are we talking about? That you and I are sinners, that we are rebellious, that we have turned our back on God and, and it's not by being good enough. It's not by trying harder, but it's by his grace, even while we were sinners his mercy, he was rich in mercy, even, even when we were far from him, that saved us. And then it's, as that's proclaimed week after week, and we allow that truth to wash over us in a fresh way every week, we're reminded, yeah, I struggle. Yeah, I messed up. But guess what? God still loves me. Yeah. He's still working in me. He still made me his child. And, and in that, I have hope and I have joy. I don't have to carry around guilt. Yes, I feel conviction. But in that moment, I turn back to him and, and I get to experience renewal. You, you, you mentioned this earlier, but I, I feel like it's a good thing that we would feel conviction after a message. Because even in your message this past week, at the time of this recording, you spoke about the hardening of hearts. So if you came to a message and you never heard anything, you you might you might be far gone. That's a red flag. That's a huge red flag at that point because we've seen in scripture that that there are times when even um, Paul writes about people being given over to to the world so that they would learn, and that's not a situation you want to be in. I think what you want is you want the the whispering or the breaking of your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit because God is lovingly continuing to work in and through your heart and he's drawing you closer. So if you don't feel sense or I, I, I hate using the word feel, but it's, 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 it's that. If you don't feel that heartbreak or that, that poke, that prod, 
something is wrong. Either the pastor is not preaching the word of God and is trying to just make you feel good, or your heart is so hardened that you can't hear. You mm-hmm. can't hear. God. It reminds me of Romans chapter 7, verse 24, Paul's writing, and he, is, he says these words, wretched man that I am. And he says that right after he, he talks about uh, that he delights in God's word, but I see in my members another law waging against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in its members. Before that even, he's saying, I, I, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I, what I should do, right? And, and people look at this and they're like, oh, well, Paul, he must have been really like, uh, you know, just practicing these, these huge sins. But I think what we actually see there is a mature believer. And as he grows in maturity, he is more sensitive to even the smallest of sins. So he says, oh, wretched man am I, not that he's out uh, kicking kittens, right? (laughs) Or punching babies. Right? (laughs) He says, oh, wretched man am I, I, I have these prideful thoughts. And these prideful thoughts that he's having, they're, they're, they're crushing to him. And then he turns back to the gospel in, in Romans 8, verse 1. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And so what he's doing in that moment, it is he's facing the reality of his sinful struggle and then preaching the gospel to himself saying, but I am under zero condemnation because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that sensitivity to our sin, that prodding of the Holy Spirit, and that turning back to God is what makes the gospel so much sweeter. As we begin to see it permeate every fiber and aspect of our beings. I, I just ran into a buddy or a kid that I grew up with who just became a believer in, in January. And it's so exciting to see how new and how fresh and how, how excited he is about the gospel. And it reminds me that that excitement doesn't just last and then fades away. That excitement actually, that, that's renewed. The further we are convicted and that we are given the opportunity to admit our sin, the gospel is still exciting because the gospel is still freeing because the gospel is still being applied to so many aspects of who we are. That conviction is an opportunity for us to be excited, for us to, to embrace the gospel one more time mm-hmm. until the next because it's not a one and done thing. And so I, I I get that people can be upset. I get upset when someone, when I hear a message and, and I'm challenged by it. But I really think that the mature person sees that as the opportunity to come closer to God. Because mm-hmm. what's happening is that you're at a, you're at a crossroads. Honestly, it's where you're at right now. And will you continue to, to go down the road and go further from God and to harden the heart or you come closer and let God to continue to till your heart, to pull up weeds and to make that, that you're the soil of your heart soft and, and, and pliable. It's living a life of repentance. Yeah. Repentance is constant. It's daily. It's, it's whenever we realize something inside of us that it's opposed to God, we, we turn away from that and we turn back toward the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and in that it's not crushing. It's actually, it's life giving. It, it really is. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that needs to be said to like, if, if, if someone is kind of coming to these realizations as they're listening, is there anything that you would elaborate on? But I think, I think you've laid it out pretty well. 
Yeah, and I guess the last thing I would say then if we're going to add one final thought is is a, wrestle with this in community. Amen. Ha- yeah. Have someone else that you trust, even if you feel like the pastor's picking on you, right? Have someone else that you trust that you can go to and say, hey, here's some of what I'm wrestling with. Here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm feeling. Can you, you know, make it make it a mature believer. Don't make it someone that's going to grouse with you or gossip with you or, or say, yeah, let's go burn down the pastor's house. Yeah, someone like, who's not going to... Uh, to to uh, what is that to justify yeah. your your sin? And Proverbs talks about the, the the wounds of a friend, yeah. right? And like the, the, their words actually bring healing. Like they're way better than than sweet whispering words of, of an enemy that are actually going to be painful in the end. So right. so make it someone wise, maybe someone of a generation different than your own. Yeah, right. Go to someone who's got a decade on you or more and say, "Here's what I'm wrestling with." Seek the wisdom of those older and God will honor that and he'll help you process. And I have found having a, a host of people that I trust that are wiser than me that I can call occasionally and say, here's what I'm struggling with. What do you think? Uh, man, I, I always leave those conversations wiser and able to handle whatever frustration I have. You know, you just gave a, a really good way of dealing with that. Uh, what came to my mind just now was a really unhealthy way of dealing with it. And what I was thinking is, cause there, there have been times, um, I've gotten anonymous notes after messages and things. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll cut this out later, but like, don't do that to be completely honest. Like from at least for, I don't know how you deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. If someone is upset with something I have said, I am more than happy to sit down and to talk through it. Cause maybe some, maybe you're upset about something that you thought I said, but I didn't really say So let's, 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 let's sit down and walk through that. All right, let's uh, let's pivot to something a little more a little more uh, happy, I guess, a little a little, a little less uh, heavy, I guess. So we started this podcast uh, last week. By the time this recording is finally out, the week prior, actually today. So while we're talking right now, my computer is uploading our first episode right now. Oh, really? Yeah. And I I called this podcast Pastoral Ramblings, and uh, that was just something right off the top of my head. But then we asked the church to see if they can come up with some names to mm-hmm. to figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna call this podcast. First off, I wanted to address Mallory's question because she 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 asked a really good question because in my mind, uh, sermon stuff. I, there, there's there gonna, there are gonna be two podcast streams for our church. One's gonna be the actual sermons mm-hmm. as getting set up right now, and then th- this an actual podcast where there's interaction and, and conversation and stuff. Mallory's question is, what are we trying to accomplish with this podcast? And that's a fair fair question. And, uh, we kind of just got started and I, I'm, I'm sure there's some things that you're imagining and some things I'm imagining. I guess I, I'd like to hear what you're thinking and I was going to share what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that this is just one, one more way for us to engage people in their, their everyday life to help point them toward Jesus and love them yeah. toward Jesus. Right. We live in a world that is so tech saturated and there's content everywhere. And, and we, we really, we desire to help people mature and to grow as disciples of Jesus and people listen to podcasts anyway. And so this is, this is just one more tool to allow our yeah. listeners to say, think through some of these issues because maybe they're listening to this on their way to work and their mind is who knows where. And now they just got to spend some time thinking about, well, okay, how does the gospel apply to my family? Or how do I listen to a sermon and in a way that produces change and transformation in me? And so this is really just us endeavoring to serve people with, with one more tool. Oh, 100%. I, I always love the communities that are developed online through content generation. 
I love it when people write in, when there's like people are conversing and talking online and things. And that's, that's something that I want to see is just our community come alive. I 100% believe that we gathering on the weekend for a church is not enough anymore for community to be quite honest. Like when, when my, my old gym was open and I was there all the time, like every day working out, I actually felt more connected with those guys because I saw them every day. It's different than going on a weekend service, then going into a life group. That's maybe two or two and a half hours a week that I'm seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. How, how did the early church do it? They met daily, daily in houses and, in the temple. Yeah. And I, I, this is an opportunity for us to really get into the, to the homes yeah. of people. And we do, we want interaction. We want people to come back and, and ask questions or even disagree and just write things in. Cause we want to, we want to interact with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my, my whole heart as I, I love creating biblical content. Uh, there's a, there's an entertainer, in me. And so I was thinking of edu- edutainment when, when we started thinking about podcasts. But the biggest thing is I do want, I want an avenue for people to process. I think sometimes you can hear a sermon and there's a lot of great things, but you can miss maybe the main points or you can miss uh, just the, the dialogue that happens and talking through a topic. And that's something I wanted to, to do through this podcast. So I do want to do some like sermon sermon breakdowns, I guess is what we would call them. But the question was asked, like, will we, will we address uh, the Christian lifestyle in the Pacific Northwest? I don't really know what that means. Um, I, I don't know if people are wanting us to address like political matters or, you know, to tell you who to vote for. I won't do that. Um, I don't, you might, Mike, I don't know, but I won't. Um, he's smiling. He's not going to do that. I but, think that there's, a lot of room in this podcast for questions. There are. I would. Lo- I mean, honestly, if someone asks some political questions, I think that we would open up the scripture and say, Let, "Let's not apply a a conservative construct or a liberal construct. Let's right. not be Democrat. Let's not be you know Republican. Mm-hmm. Let, let let's say what are some principles from Scripture that we want to keep in the forefront of our mind as individuals right. make decisions. That that sounds like a blast. I would love to, and do it, it would serve yeah. people in such a beautiful way. And so. I can't wait for people that once these really start hitting every week, yeah. I can't wait for people to start asking questions and maybe more and more of this gets driven by some questions. Actually, and I would love that. I would love to take topics that people are struggling with. Now it, it could be, you know, actually here's a, here's a topic right now. Um, people are, 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 there's a divide right now between uh, THC and CBD oil. People are like, what, you know, apparently CBD oil doesn't have the THC in it. Am I a drug addict if I start using CBD oil and stuff like that? There, that might be a topic for us to kind of sit and help people process through what they're, what they're thinking about. And maybe someone's listening to this and they have no idea what you're saying, but here's the deal that it's actually an issue in a lot of people's minds. I've had people come to me in the last couple of months yeah. asking me those exact questions. And so, yeah like that. And there's also, there's so many things. And so I, I think at the end of the day, my heart is to, is to explore the word of God. Actually, it's to explore our lives in the light of the word of God. So in, in whatever situations we find ourselves in, if, you know, sometimes sermons are, are great, but maybe there are other burning questions that you have right now. And here's an avenue for us to be able to sit down and address those, mm-hmm. those things. And, uh, I, that's that's what I envision this podcast to to be. So anyway, I hope I hope that answers uh, that question, Mallory. If that didn't answer your question, uh, let me know. You can text me. I want your question, girl. Just let me know. But uh, speaking of naming this podcast, we we had a plethora 
of uh, submissions. And what I liked is uh, we got more submissions after I offered the winner to have a date with Vinny. Yeah. So uh, Vinny, hoping I'm, he he's he asked me the other day like if I win, does that mean I get to take myself on a date? And I said, well, at least someone will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brother. I <laughs> uh, love you, man. Um, so anyway, here are some, uh, here are some, uh, I was going to read these off and let me, let me know what you think. I, I don't know if these are winners or not, but I think we'll continue to develop the idea. So Eric Branch submitted to, he said, uh, life in the veil or cast in the veil. I'm not sure what that means. Like cast. cast. Oh, okay. I was thinking like casting nets or something. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Haley, his daughter wrote voice in the valley. Which that that's coming up a, that's come up a couple times, uh, gospel gossip. I kind of like that. I like that. So I like the alliteration there. Mm. I like the, the the play on words of gospel and gossip. Podcasting the first stone. I had to read that a few <laughs> times to to get that pun, but I got, got it, it now. Podcasting yeah, yeah. the first stone. I like that. Mike Burchett wrote "View from the Valley," "Life Speak," and "Driven to Change." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like the direction he's going. Yeah, I do. Uh, Alice wrote Valley's voice. So it's that voice similar. thing yeah. is coming up. Yeah. And then Vinny, Vinny wrote Ginger Snap. And I would love that to be the name of a podcast for you and Vinny to do. And that it's just you guys ragging on people or something. <laughs> just being feisty on air. <laughs> so, so I don't know, man. I, there, there are options. Actually, I forgot that uh, Monette wrote quite a few. I need. I didn't add them to the list, but man, she. Well, let's get some more suggestions. Yeah. Let's uh, let's narrow this down and let's choose something soon. I yeah, can't, I can't wait soon. to send Vinny on a date. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. So uh, I think I think we're coming to the end here. Mike, is there anything you'd like to uh, share before we sign off? Or no, I mean uh, this is fun. All I, right. I look forward to keep doing this. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. That's been episode two. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, if you do have questions, um, please, uh, you can email us at connect at vcflongview.org or actually you, uh, if you're part of our church, you probably already have my phone number, Mike's phone number, Facebook, whatever, ask some questions and, uh, we would love to, to connect with you. All right. Yep. See you later. Bye.